Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at League Apps com or as league apps on all of the social networks now here's the host of the show longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of united soccer coaches dean linky what a great show we have for you today jen ireland will receive the joe cummings convention scholarship for the convention in philadelphia jen ireland is amazing and you will learn that today she kicks off the show we continue to dedicate the entire month to Kate Ward and the Disability Allies Community for United Soccer Coaches. She has Ashley Hammond join me today. Jeff Van Dusen told me the amazing story about David Blaze, who uses soccer as a ministry to help people in Haiti and other Caribbean countries, the inner city of Kansas City. He is so cool. You'll love David Blaze. And we end by meeting another member of our 30 under 30 class. This young man, Daniel Salazi, went to Ohio University and now works for the Columbus Crew. Jam-packed show, and it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, Lee Gaps. We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform. So you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. The mission of the United Soccer Coaches Foundation is to provide financial support for coaching education and other developmental opportunities for United Soccer Coaches members who bring soccer to underserved socioeconomic communities. This is the inaugural article of an ongoing effort to highlight recipients and donors who benefit from and support our mission. We are pleased to highlight Jen Ireland, the 2022 recipient of the Joe Cummings Convention Scholarship Fund. The fund was established under the foundation in recognition of Joe Cummings, former CEO, past president, and 2021 Honor Award recipient. Annually, the fund awards a scholarship for a distinguished member of the association to attend the United Soccer Coaches Convention. Of course, this year's convention in 2023 will be in Philadelphia. Jen Ireland's story is one of aspiration, dedication, and inspiration. We're gonna get to that, but the best way to truly find the spirit of Jen Ireland, who we will welcome in in a moment, is to go to her website, expandyourgame.com your one-stop resource to harness your power and your soccer game. She asked the question right on the front page of her website, if soccer is 90% mental, what are you doing to train that part of your game? A great question to ask, particularly in today's world for sure. Then she says, and I'm quoting her before I welcome her in because I think it's brilliant. She says, 
Hi, everyone. I'm Jen Ireland, and I empower female soccer players to own their growth and maximize their potential by expanding their mental performance skills, reframing limiting beliefs, and uncovering authentic passion and drive. Join me, Jen Ireland, and level up. Your next level is closer than you think at Expand Your Game. Our mission is to help you do three things. Expand your mental skills, reframe limiting beliefs, and uncover authentic drive. I find this website incredible. I am thrilled that Jen Ireland is also featured in the July-August edition of the Soccer Journal that we all love reading. So we're tying that recognition in with a one-on-one -on -one featured interview on this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast. So... I don't need to speak for her anymore. Why? Because she's here. Jen Ireland, welcome to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. Thank you so much, Dean. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. And thanks for that great intro and just covering all of the stuff on my website that I've worked so hard to build. So it's good to see that it comes across in good light. Yeah. And we're going to bring it more to light. And we're going to do that after this first question. That is, first off, Obviously, it's not inexpensive to go to the convention. It can be difficult. You told me before we went on the air, you've made a couple moves out of necessity. But to receive the Joe Cummings Convention Scholarship Fund, just put into words how that makes you feel. Receiving that scholarship award was hugely impactful to me. I was one of the people that kind of sat on it for a bit. I was thinking about if I should apply or not, if I was truly one of the people that they might be looking for for this scholarship. And I'm really happy that I did because, well, first off, one of my philosophies and one of the things that, you know, I always tell my players this as well is that you can always do something and you can always say no on the other end. So, right, if you don't put yourself out there and try new challenging things, you're not going to progress and really get to that next step. So, you know, I put myself out there. I did this scholarship. I filled out the application. And I think that this scholarship has really provided me not only the opportunity to go to convention, which was something I really wanted to do, especially after I had previously attended the digital one during 2020, the COVID year. And I really wanted to attend and attending not only allowed me to be introduced to new people such as Joe and other people that I met along the way, but it really opened up opportunities for me to continue learning. And I am all about learning and expanding my own personal growth, whether that's in soccer or in life. I'm just very much about being invested in learning and attending the convention was so impactful because I, and anyone that's been to convention can probably feel this as well, I was almost overwhelmed with the amount of amazing, insightful information that I received. And that was very impactful to me, especially coming out of COVID and trying to put myself in a position to be re-inspired to keep pushing and working on these projects and stuff. So it was very, very good. Not to mention the fact that I did meet Joe Cummings and him and I have continued to work together and he has been really instrumental in just championing me and pushing me and helping me continue to grow since convention. So that was another huge highlight of receiving the scholarship. 
All right. Again, we truly want to get into expand your game because I find it fascinating. Mike Curry in the article did a really good job. In fact, he even expanded on your background. Can you just quickly give your cliff notes version on where you went to college and what you dabbled in? And then we're going to dedicate the rest to expand your game. I attended Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff, Arizona. I grew up in Arizona and I stayed there for school. I was a journalism major and I spent about five years, give or take, post-college working as a photojournalist around the country. So I traveled around and got pretty involved in college athletics and that type of stuff through photography and photojournalism. I moved to Seattle after that. So when I moved to Seattle, I decided to get into coaching. It was something I had always wanted to do, but it had never just fit into my life at the moment. So I got involved in coaching there with Seattle United, and I spent several years there, more than several, actually it was about five or six by the time I left. But while I was coaching, I... And this is why I shifted towards mental skills work from being on the field and coaching females in the middle school, high school range. I very quickly noticed that there were a lot of repeat issues that plagued my players on the field, like a lot of similar pain points that came up again and again. Because of this, I started working with some of them one-on-one -on -one, and they very quickly in that type of an environment started to open up to me about a lot of this stuff, confidence, perfectionism, fear of failure, fear of not being liked and belonging. And at the same time, I was also dealing with a lot of stuff in my personal life that had me really on a track of just self-improvement and personal development. And I started to see a lot of similarities between myself and what I was going through in my adult life that was off the soccer field and the development and issues that some of my female players were seeing on the soccer field. And because of that and all of the things that I was learning for myself, for growth, I decided that I could do other stuff beyond just coaching to try and help my players and impact them in some of these other areas that affected their game beyond just the technical, tactical, and physical. So that's kind of how I shifted into starting to get very interested in mental skills work. It came up alongside my coaching and complemented it very well. And I was almost more interested in it than any other part of the game because I saw firsthand that these conversations had a huge impact on how players show up on the field and how they play week to week. And it was really cool and very inspiring and just made me want to keep going. In the article in Soccer Journal, Jen Ireland describes what motivated her to provide this very useful resource to players and coaches. Quoting her, she says, expand your game was born from the idea that maximizing potential and achieving optimal performance comes through mental skills development as much as, if not more than, from anywhere else. The quote continues, but I'll, I'll let you all read it in Soccer Journal. So here we go, expand your game and, you know, a lot of times words are just words. In your case, words mean something. You talk about increasing your confidence, building mental toughness, control the controllable, overcome perfectionism, get invested in growth, and the mental skills toolkit, which includes reflection, self-talk, goal setting, and meditation. All words that make me feel relaxed as I do this interview. 
Can you kind of break down a lot of that, what we just covered right there as you go to that homepage of Expand Your Game? One of the biggest things that I bring to my players is that, first of all, I'm not a sports psychologist, right? I am a coach out there on the field interacting with my players, one that's very invested in learning about this part of the game. But I know that what I bring and what my strengths are is that I am very good at taking all of the research, all of the science, all of the information from the experts and bringing it to the field and making it usable for young female athletes where they are currently at and what they are currently experiencing in their real life. We talk about meditation. We talk about self-talk. We talk about reflection. We talk about all these things, but you know, it goes over the head of a lot of them because we don't bring it to them in a way that they can use it. So I know that that is where my strength lies and that I am almost that mediator between all of the information on mental performance skills and how it helps and these young athletes that really need it. So I'm making it usable for them. And that's really what my mental skills toolkit is all about. Tangible ways that you can bring mental skills tools to the field to actually help you this week and change your game and transform your game. Pleasure to be with Jen Ireland, this year's recipient of the Joe Cummings Convention Scholarship Fund. She will be in Philadelphia at the convention. And again, we're focused on her website that she created all on her own, expandyourgame.com. At the bottom, as I mentioned in the open, you say that your next level is closer than you think. At Expand Your Game, your mission is to help you do three things. And I want to go through all three and get your comments on what that means. And I want to start with the first one on the left that says expand your mental skills. So this is the base of most of the work that I do with players. And one of the reasons that we want to work on mental skills is because, well, what you said in the opening, right? Most of our game, if you ask a lot of players, especially players that have been in high pressure situations like PKs or just, you know, high pressure games, there's so many, we can list them off. If you ask them what percentage of soccer is mental, they will tell you a number that is a very high percentage. That is pretty regular. Most players would respond that way, whether they say 90%, 70%, it's usually in that high end. And then you ask them, well, what do you do to train that part of your game? We train fitness, we train technical, we train tactical, we train that stuff so much, seven days a week sometimes. And what are we doing to train the mental side of your game? And the answer is very, very similar between most people. And it's, I don't know. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing to train the mental side of the game. So that's why expanding your mental performance skills is really important. And the first step to that, and what I always talk about, and what I'm trying to do with my website, and I, I write a lot of blog posts and I create a lot of free content, is we just have to start having the conversation about mental skills, about mental performance skills, about mental health, right? We need to open up these conversations. We need to start having them so that they aren't as big and they aren't as scary. Because one of the things that players realize once they start having these conversations with someone, which is what I do in my one-to-one -one coaching, is that they're able to gain some self-awareness and look at what they're doing. And all of the stuff that's going on in their head that's negatively impacting their game all of a sudden becomes less powerful 
when they can just see that there's vocabulary for it. There's conversations to be had around it. It's not just me. This happens to a lot of people. Expanding mental skills really starts with having conversations. And that's something that a lot of coaches can do for their teams right away. Even if they don't know exactly what to talk about, bringing this stuff in just a little bit immensely impacts players positively because it's not so foreign and it's not so scary when you start talking about it. Just like point one on expand your mental skills, I think that's important even beyond the soccer field. The next, I think, is doubly important beyond the soccer field, and I love it. Reframe limiting beliefs. So many of us, no matter how successful we are or on the opposite side, how much we're struggling, we do need to reframe limiting beliefs. Walk us through that. This is a big one. This might not even be something that many people consider to be a part of mental skills work. The problem with limiting beliefs is that a lot of the ones that we all individually have, whether it's in soccer, in life, anything, we're not even really fully consciously aware of what they are and that they're there and that they are holding us back. But going back to my previous point, starting to have conversations about this stuff really triggers it for some players and enables them to look at this stuff differently. So limiting beliefs are really important to move away from because they hold you back from reaching your full potential because you don't believe you can do something. And while you might not come out and say that up front, like, you know, of course I can do this. It's those really, really deep down beliefs that even if you say it, you might not actually think you can do it. So, you know, this is something that comes up even with really confident, like outwardly confident players. If you really start digging in and talking to them and you can gain their trust and start having conversations with them, you will find pieces where they are not confident at all, even though other people think they are on the outside. And it's things that are holding them back from really maximizing their potential. Uncover authentic drive. That's another powerful statement. What does that mean? Uncovering authentic drive means knowing your worth, knowing what you can do, having really strong self-efficacy and belief in yourself so that you can play your game in your style and really own it. So many players, especially the younger ones that I work with, They are very attached to doing things exactly the way that they are being told that they should do them. It kind of depends on the context of what we're working on. But if I'm looking at a creative attacking player, right, that is really struggling to be creative and see the game in their own way when they're in that final third and they are trying to open up space and they are trying to play make, They're being held back because they are trying to fit into a box that they have been told to be in. So when I say uncover authentic drive and passion for the game, I work with players to try and help them understand that all of the training they are doing, whether that's team training, individual training, any kind of strength training, everything they are doing is tools and they are tools in their toolbox. But now, In order for them to really engage with the game and love it and have a true passion for it, they have to find themselves in the game and they have to find their style. And once they do that, that really turns on the motivation and the drive for a lot of players because a lot of players lack motivation 
because they feel like they're doing everything for everybody else. They wouldn't say that, but once you start digging in, you can find that underneath everything. So really finding and creating that true motivation and drive for themselves by finding a love for the game and by finding where they fit in the game. And Ireland featured in the July, August edition of the soccer journal as this year's receipt of the Joe Cummings convention scholarship fund. She had started this amazing website called expand your She also has a background as a coach, as she mentioned in her brief elevator speech to open one pulled quote in the article has her saying, and I quote, coaching is incomparable with anything else I've done in my life. The amount of self-reflection, presence, and patience that it demands of you is life-altering as it forces you to grow in these areas if you are to be successful and connect with your players. Specifically, you are committed to connecting to female players. In fact, quoting you again, you say, I am committed to helping young women experience their greatness and be an inclusive part of the game of soccer, surpassing the limitations that are imposed on them because of their gender. I truly believe that when women's soccer does well, all soccer benefits. That is strong. It's coming at the right time where we take two steps forward and lo and behold, we take another step back. I'm talking obviously globally across the U.S. and you know what I'm talking about, but tell me why your commitment is almost 100% exclusively to females. Well, that's such a great question, Dean. Thanks for asking. For me, I've resonated with female athletes because I see myself in them. I see myself in them because I have been there. I have been their age. I have experienced the things that they have experienced. Not exactly. We're all different people. But in the context of being a female that's in middle school, in high school, I know what they're worried about. I know what they're thinking about. I know what they don't tell their friends about. I know what worries them, troubles them. I know what their pain points are. And me having had the same experience of being a female growing up in the same country, playing the same sport, I feel like I'm able to connect with them in a way that they understand and allows them to really open up and being able to open up to somebody that's maybe not your parent or even your club coach or just some another adult figure in your life that can connect with you. They make such huge strides because I bring myself to their level. I empathize with them. I understand what they're going through and they don't have to overly explain some of these situations because I'm experiencing the same things, even as an adult, but I did experience them as well when I was their age. So I think the connection is really powerful for me because it allows me to help them transform their game because we're kind of on the same wavelength. And that being said, I'm not for everybody, right? There are some players that I don't connect with as well as other ones, but the general experience of growing up as a female and growing up as a female playing competitive sports and mental performance skills are good for everyone, right? But it creates a different atmosphere when there is that connection and that kind of shared experience. Jen Ireland, the recipient of the Joe Cummings Convention Scholarship Fund. Her website is called expandyourgame.com, your one-stop resource to harness your power and your soccer game. It's for soccer players and soccer coaches, which 
is so important. We already covered expanding your mental skills, reframing limiting beliefs, and uncovering authentic drive. There are amazing posts on this website. There are quizzes that are interactive, and they also feature popular content. I want to go through a few of them and just get one or two sentences on what is included in these posts. I want to start with this one because it's a powerful headline. It says, how to overcome perfectionism on the soccer field. Perfectionism on the soccer field or in sports in general is a huge topic and something that I definitely focus on with all of my players. The reason for this is perfectionism in itself is not inherently bad, right? We can use it to really healthy perfectionism, to really fine tune our skills. And there's a lot of benefits that come with being a perfectionist that do benefit you on the soccer field. But what I'm talking about is that really toxic, unhealthy perfectionism. And that toxic, unhealthy perfectionism is really setting expectations for yourself that are impossibly high and unrealistic. Expectations that you cannot actually meet because other people are involved. You cannot control every aspect of what is happening on the soccer field. Therefore, you as a player will never be able to meet this unrealistic, impossibly high expectation of perfection. It's not going to happen. And when players get really stuck on this, a couple things happen. Their self-worth is really affected. And then it really holds them back from being able to be the player that they can be. And that is because their number one goal when they go to the field is to not mess up, to live up to this expectation. They are not able to really let go, embrace the game, find their groove on the field. They are not able to get into the zone and really access that really pure performance zone when they're very hung up on perfectionism. Become a better soccer player by doing just this one thing so the one thing that players can do to be a better soccer player is to decide to be an invested player and what this means is that you take responsibility for your development every aspect of it whether we're talking mental skills technical tactical anything you take responsibility for it you be accountable for what goes on and a big part of this is just intention plus action. You can't have intention with no action. That doesn't work. You can't have action with no intention and no goals. That doesn't work either. But intention plus action makes you an invested player. And that is the number one thing, no matter what you're working on, that will make you a better soccer player. Final post, quick comment from Jen Ireland. How to use positive self-talk to help you stay calm and composed. Self-talk is a tool in the mental skills toolkit that is hugely impactful. And while many people might think that positive self-talk is simply being positive or motivational, that's not always the case. Sometimes that stuff does work and you need that little boost and that little motivation to yourself. And in those cases, use it. But there are other types of positive self-talk that are very neutral and basically focus on what is happening on the field. So quick example, if you're experiencing any self-defeating mentality, overthinking, getting stuck on a mistake, having any self-defeating thoughts in there, a quick trick is to focus on what is next. So bringing it back to the field in front of you, using self-talk neutrally to get yourself to refocus on the field 
and fill your head with the things that will help you stay focused and help you stay disciplined and help you execute. So positive self-talk on the field is more than just being motivational. It's also redirecting your focus and your attention onto the game in front of you. And that can be via questions. What's next? What do I need to be doing? Or instructions, get your head up, check your shoulder, look for space, talk to my teammates about what I see. That's positive self-talk. And that is a hugely impactful tool that many players are actually unaware of because they think that positive self-talk just means being a cheerleader for yourself. One of many topics covered on expandyourgame.com for Jen Ireland, who is the Joe Cummings Convention Scholarship Fund recipient. As you can tell from this interview, Jen represents the bright future of soccer coaching, her creativity and commitment to making a difference embody the aspirations that we all share. Joe Cummings, who has his name on this convention scholarship fund recipient, had this to say about Jen, and I quote Joe, the best part of the named fund foundation program is the opportunity to meet a new generation of leaders. This year, I was introduced to Jen Ireland, and already I appreciate how fortunate our sport is to have someone so dedicated to the development of our coaches, players, and parents. As a caretaker of our sport, Jen Ireland will provide purposeful leadership for players of all ages. For this, we are most thankful, end quote, from Joe Cummings. And as we end our time with Jen Ireland, Jen, here's the deal. You are the recipient of a Joe Cummings Convention Scholarship Fund. You have found your niche, expandyourgame.com. We talked about all of what it means. Now, as we end our time with you, I want you to be able in 30 years to create your own fund because you become uber successful. How does it work? How can people hire you? Well, first of all, thank you so much, Dean, for having me on. I really enjoyed our conversation. And thank you to Joe Cummings for the scholarship and the opportunity to attend convention next year. I'm really looking forward to this upcoming year's event. Dean, thanks most of all for asking how people can hire me. I think one of the biggest things about mental skills training is that a lot of the resources, and there are many great resources online, a lot of them are work that players would need to do by themselves, which is a huge help and a great start. But what I'm really trying to bring to the space is an individualized, personal, one-on-one -on -one mental skills coaching experience. And I have recently launched my Mindset Mastery Academy, which is a 10-week one-on-one mentorship for female soccer players. And this is the way to do it. If you are a player that is ready to gain an edge on your competition and completely transform your game, this is for you. This is a one-of-a-kind program that really helps players by giving them the guidance, tools, and care that they need to empower themselves to reframe their thinking and transform their soccer mentality. What I provide to my players in a coaching environment is a listening ear, practical, helpful advice, and encouragement and support to reach their specific goals. We also get into new viewpoints, alternative ways of looking at repeat issues, and situations that are plaguing them on the soccer field. So this mentorship really provides a safe, supportive environment for players 
where they can have somebody where they can dig into these hard topics that they have never had conversations about before, start to self-discover, self-explore, understand themselves better, grow their confidence, and just take their game, their mental performance skills, and their mindset to an entirely new level. And this is something that really happens at a much quicker pace for players when they are working in a one-on-one environment than if they are just trying to do this stuff themselves. Overall, to sum it all up, the Mindset Mastery Academy is a soccer mental training program that helps players grow their confidence and belief in themselves and their abilities, overcome toxic perfectionism, and help them move past fear of failure, play with focus and composure, improve your resiliency to overcome obstacles, be more intentional with your self-talk, and increase your ability to handle high-pressure game situations. If you want to learn more about this program that I have, if you go to my website, expandyourgame.com, it is the first link in the top menu, Mindset Mastery Academy. All the information that you could want is in there, and you can also reach out to me on there if you have any questions. Finally, Dean, one thing to note about this program is that it is an investment, but it's an investment that has the power to completely transform a player's game And it really complements everything that they are doing day in, day out, week in, week out on the field. And the other thing is parents can really want this for their player, but it doesn't actually work unless the players are invested and the players want to do the work. Jen Ireland, the recipient of the Joe Cummings Convention Scholarship Fund. She is featured in the July-August issue of Soccer Journal, and she is featured kicking off this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast. Jen Ireland, thank you so much for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thank you so much, Dean. It was great. When we return, we visit with Ashley Hammond as part of our dedicated month to Disability Pride Month and the Disability Allies community led by Kate Ward. Ashley Hammond joins us next. Performance analysis is now recognized as having a crucial role to play in any coaching program. The United Soccer Coaches Performance Analysis Level 1 Special Topics Diploma will provide coaches with real-world examples of how analysis is being used to enhance the individual player development process and maximize team performance. Additionally, successful candidates will achieve Level 1 accreditation as an Applied Performance Analyst from the International Society of Performance Analysis of Sport. Register now by visiting the Master Course Schedule on unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gaps. As we mentioned last week with Kate Ward, who has been the only chair of the Disability Allies community for United Soccer Coaches, kicking it off with Amy Griffin and Joy Fawcett as the U.S. Deaf women's team won the Olympics and hopefully to win the World Cup next summer. As we said on that show, we're dedicating not just one week, but the entire month of July to at least one guest from the Disability Allies community for United Soccer Coaches. With that, another returning guest, the great Ashley Hammond, who's the president of the Sports Domain Academy. We'll get more into that as well as the CP youth teams. And Ashley Hammond, great to have you back on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. I'm loving the term great. Thank you. My Tell my wife that, right? That was a good one. Thank you so much. Yeah, so you have a son, Shay, who has cerebral palsy. So just remind us his story and how you got involved. 
Shea had a stroke in utero. And when you have a stroke before the age of two, pretty much you're classified as having cerebral palsy. If you have a stroke after two, you're, you're classified as having a stroke. And uh, so Shea was, uh, you know, in utero, which gives him cerebral palsy, which he had a right-sided stroke. So his left side is partially paralyzed hemiparesis. And uh, throughout his young life, tried to play soccer, succeeded to a certain extent, but it was very hard for him to keep up with able-bodied kids. And at 13, he we discovered the U.S. men's para seven-a-side national team. So Shea tried out for that team and has pretty much been on the team on and off since 13 to now 20, having just competed in his second World Cup, which was in uh, Barcelona, Spain, uh, Salou, Spain, a few weeks ago. Can you update us on how the team did in Spain? Sure. Shea played for the U.S. men's para seven-a-side national team in Spain, and they lost in the semifinal to Ukraine, a brilliant game, best I've ever done, finishing fourth in the world. And uh, really a fantastic opportunity for them to, you know, show how good they are and how, how good they're becoming. And then the women's para seven aside national team, first time ever we've put out a women's para seven aside national team. They won their World Cup, again, beating Australia in the final. Absolutely incredible performance. And then on the club version, CP Soccer, which is my nonprofit, we competed in the very first ever club World Cup seven aside and we won it uh, beating Holland three nothing in the final so two out of three and one semi-finalist in the World Cups for the club and men's and women's in the last uh, two months is just a fantastic accomplishment by U.S. soccer it was so fun to watch the women win their first the women win their World Cup the men finish the highest they've ever finished in a World Cup in the Paris seven aside and then for us to go back two weeks after they'd done that to win the World Club Championship was a very special opportunity for us in Spain we really uh laid a marker for disability soccer on the CP side. And, and of course, with Kate's, uh, with the women's program in the deaf, women's deaf winning their World Cup, it's been a banner year for disability soccer in the U.S. around the world. And power, soccer doing well. I mean, we're so lucky uh, that these, these athletes and our, our members of our community are, are working so hard, training so hard. So it's fantastic. Ashley Hammond is the director of CP Soccer and is generously donating his facility and coaching staff for CP Soccer's use. So, you know, as you set up CP Soccer, who were the coaches on those teams that did so well over in, in Spain? Yeah, we were very fortunate that we had a, a legend in the world of CP Soccer called Josh McKinney. He's a candidate for the Hall of Fame. He came out with us. He's been hanging out with us a lot. He's just an incredible wealth of knowledge and a great coach. Des Lee, who works with, has worked for me for 10 years in my local soccer coaching here in New Jersey. Um, we also had Jocelyn Bigelow, who's a tops coordinator and uh, the director of top soccer over in Oregon, and also uh, the head of the Adapt and Thrive Working Group at U.S. Soccer. Peter McGay, he, he teaches U.S. soccer courses for U.S. soccer and is a professor at West Virginia University. He came out with us, and he's a He's a rock star. And we, so we had five of us go out there and 14 players, including Adam Ballou and Josh Brunei from the full men's national team and uh, Marc Estrella and threw that in with a bunch of youngsters. And we, uh, we really had a great tournament. So it is Disability Pride Month. And because of the great work Kate Ward is doing and the Disability Allies Community for United Soccer Coaches, a guest every week, which is really exciting. But you think about pride. I mean, you just broke down how successful these teams were I mean, that's got to make you full of pride. I'm lucky I get to work with Kate and a number of other very special people in the disability world. Uh, I think more importantly, we've just got amazing uh, attitudes towards disability soccer within U.S. soccer. There is enormous support from U.S. soccer. Our president, Cindy Cohn and uh, uh, Jim Morehouse and Stuart Sharp, particularly in the extended national team program at the national team level, it filters right down to us 
and um, that support is felt. We've had tremendous support at CP Soccer from US Soccer, and I just think that's where it all comes from. And you throw on top of that just dedicated athletes, and we've got a real good recipe and something special brewing here. And I think we've got more championships to win across the disciplines, be it, you know, dwarf, be it power, be it amputee, you know, deaf, blind, all of those disciplines that we have um, athletes competing in are all doing very well at the national team level as and, and somewhat on the club level. So pleased to be joined by Ashley Hammond, who's also, as I mentioned, the president of the Sports Domain Academy. Explain what the Sports Domain Academy is as well, Ash. Yeah, that's just my private business. I own an indoor sports facility. I was very fortunate to own a club and a lot of different soccer components. But once Shea started traveling the world playing for the extended national teams, I sold most of them so that I could travel with him and didn't have to be encumbered with that. Kept my Sports Domain Academy, which is my super large, big indoor sports facility here in North New Jersey. And, and it's great that I have it. We do a ton of disability work here. I'm hosting the men's amputee team coming in here to New York just prior to going off to their World Cup and donating that to them. And Nico Calabria, top, top guy on the amputee team, wishing them luck. So uh, I'm glad I have my sports facility, but that's my private stuff. That's the, that's the work stuff. I love this other stuff, which is the disability stuff, which is my voluntary stuff. And that, that's where I get my kicks out of. Well, we can tell, we can feel that passion and especially want to recognize that passion as part of Disability Pride Month, where again, we're dedicating not just one show, but four shows to the Disability Allies community for United Soccer Coaches. You did a great job recognizing the incredible work that U.S. Soccer has done in the disabilities area. Obviously, you know you're here on the United Soccer Coaches podcast. I feel like they've also done a pretty good job. Can you add to that? Yeah, very special. I mean, obviously, the fortunately, Kate is a huge advocate, but that we've had his support all the way across from U.S. soccer coaches. That not only, I, I don't know if I said this last time, but I always joke, some of the stuff you send out at U.S. soccer coaches is just fantastic. The booklets you send out with the training stuff. I mean, it's a wonderful, first of all, it's a wonderful organization. And to get the opportunity to come on things like this is just unprecedented opportunities for us to talk about what we do so yeah super happy and thankful for the support that u.s soccer coaches gives us and again it, a lot of it's kate but a lot of it's not a lot of it's just u.s soccer being really good and the fact that i get to hang out with kate a lot is special well speaking of special i want to go back to shay and you just talked about the fact that you know you had what you're doing at sports domain academy but you would you know essentially walk away from that to spend more time with Shay. Can you put into words how he feels about this opportunity to get more out of life as he, you know, deals with cerebral palsy and he deals with it one way by playing soccer at a pretty high level? Yeah, he's a very dedicated young man. He travels the country speaking also. He recently did a TEDx talk for Clemson University, which is now broadcast nationwide and talks about his story as a young man through adulthood now and what that's meant and the reception that's had amongst our disability community has been incredible because of kids going, oh, yeah, that's how I, that's me. I could, Wow, I didn't know you went through that too because he looks like he is a world-class athlete and acts like one and walks like one and talks like one. But he was, he couldn't walk at seven, eight, nine. He was, he was very, very disabled and you know worked through a lot of that and we were very fortunate at CP Soccer to meet another family the Hallowell family and we joined forces and created CP Soccer and Shay truly dedicates his life to it he's always on the Zoom with kids around the country we do a special thing where if we find a kid who's really struggling and you know all kids get bullied all kids if you have CP you get bullied you limp you have a an arm that doesn't look, it looks a little different. And Shay spends time with a lot of those kids on Zoom talking about it and referring them over to other kids. We can make a difference. And that's what I think Shay loves. It's what I love. One of the things that Kate said that she loves is your Adapt and Thrive program. Can you explain what that is and maybe what some of your exciting projects you have going on with that? 
For sure. U.S. Soccer has a disability soccer committee. I took over the chairpersonship of that 12, 18 months ago, and it became obvious to me that the people on the committee were so busy and so tied up with their work with their respective organizations that it was not necessarily a lot of time to dedicate towards doing collective work as a bunch of different organizations. So I requested specifically of the committee and also U.S. Soccer to put together some brilliant young minds around the world like Kate and other young disability athletes and, and advocates and put them to work to do stuff on behalf of the disability committee. And I found Jocelyn Bigelow, who's this brilliant young woman, another young lady called Kirsten Wimbill, who spent a year with us. And we have Alexa Machidi from the amputee team. We have Leah Glasser from CP. We have Nick Creasy from CP. We have Corey from the blind team. We have Nate from the power team. We have uh, Matt Downing from CP. We have a ton of these young athletes who I brought together and with the help of U.S. Soccer, we created the Adapt and Thrive Working Group and Jocelyn heads it up and I oversee it. And we set them tasks. And one of our tasks was to create this working document that helps people across soccer speak the language of, of, of disability. And then this year, for example, we're very proud of our initiative this year. Our, this year, we are almost entirely focused on raising money for the seven, eight disciplines that we have, because as, as individual organizations, that's tough. But as a collective voice, we're having success in creating potential financial revenue streams for those organizations. And once again, U.S. soccer has stepped up and is going to help us with that. So by the end of this year, our 2022 initiative is to have and have launched a significantly, a very large fundraising campaign that will hopefully benefit the youth development pathways for these organizations, as well as the ability to get to some of these big international tournaments they have, which are at the moment are largely funded by the athletes. So Ashley Hammond, maybe you can help us help you. You talked about this fundraiser and the fact that U.S. soccer is going to step up 30,000 members for United Soccer Coaches. They're hearing you talk right now, Ashley Hammond, again, with that great passion. Can you promote a website? Where can people go to learn more? And perhaps more importantly, Ash, where can people go to contribute? Well, thank you so much for giving me that opportunity. So trust me, U.S. soccer coaches, it's coming. We have two levels of program. We're going to have our corporate work, and U.S. soccer is definitely helping us with our corporate sponsorship. But one of the ways CP soccer was successful over the past two years is we had various high schools and clubs sponsor an athlete in CP soccer, and they would sort of donate. They would find a way to get $300 for a kid, which paid for his uniform for the year's training. You know, a lot of these athletes are isolated. We might have an athlete in Iowa who doesn't have – one blind athlete in Iowa, one deaf athlete in Montana, one CP kid in Arizona or whatever, where they're isolated. And so it takes us money to support them. And we, 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 we support kids all over the country, but it's hard. And so the idea would be that soccer clubs and soccer high school teams and coaching or clubs would support, you know, symbolically support an athlete that is being launched in the next month or so. So all of us soccer coaches are going to receive this, you know, you can symbolically um, sponsor a whale. You can symbolically sponsor a tiger out in Java and so on and so forth. And those are wonderful opportunities. We want to symbolically sponsor an athlete that we have in within one of our disciplines that really truly needs financial support to continue to succeed or even start in the game. And we would dedicate resources through that fundraising to them because nobody's, you know, we're totally voluntary. It's not, we're not, there's no overheads. We don't have, we don't pay anybody. So the idea would be, to uh, take that kind of fundraiser. So trust me, it's coming, U.S. soccer coaches, and thank you for giving me a chance to speak about that. I'd rather wait till that's launched and they'll all see it um, as part of the Adapt and Thrive Working Group, and then hopefully these coaches can get their club together and say, hey, we can raise 500 bucks. We could, you know, we, we do an annual fundraiser every year for our altruistic charity work. Let's dedicate it to a disability athlete across the country. And then in return, they'll get knowledge of, hey, 
you got a you got a kid who's playing blind soccer up in I don't know Montana, like I say, and you afforded him a new uniform, you afforded him ten hours of training this year through this organization and and a new quit kit bag, which we would never have been able to afford for them. So so that's what we got going on, which we hope U.S. soccer coaches can help us with. Okay, well done, and we'll keep an eye out for it. What are some websites to promote though, particularly for CP soccer, and then also so if people want to know more about the pair of teams under the U.S. soccer umbrella as well do you know those websites ash recognize to recover on the bottom of the u.s soccer page that's actually going to change cindy has done a nice job um, causing change on the website and or you know through her different department she's requested that u.s soccer revamp their website and that's going to happen and so we'll have a different page but you can still find us on u.s soccer's website for for me personally cpsoccer.us is where you can find me or you can email me ideally email me at ashley at cpsoccer.us and if you do that we can put you in the right directions i can't list off my head the eight or nine websites for the different disability organizations, but we definitely want to hear from you. And if you email us, we'll let you know how to get in touch with the right people. And trust me when I tell you our sponsorship program is going to be front and center in your mailbox real soon. I want to repeat a question to have you summarize. We came on the air talking about all the success for the CPU team and also the U.S. at the Para Club World Cup. Can you recap again how successful they were for all the teams? Because it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, so two months ago, the men's U.S. Para 7-a-side national team and the women's U.S. soccer Para 5-a-side national team went to Spain. They went to Salou, Spain, and competed in their respective World Cups with the men. Uh, losing eventually in the semifinal to Ukraine in a one-nil game, which was just—I forgot, sorry—it wasn't one-nil, but they lost to Ukraine in the semifinal. Really, quite amazing performance, highest they've ever finished, and they played absolutely magnificently. The women went on to win the Para Five-a-side National World Cup, and that was uh, beating Australia in the final. And then two weeks later, and I, that's coached by U.S. Soccer Stuart Sharp and the, the female head coaches. Uh, and then we went two weeks later, or a week later, actually, we then took the World Club Championship version of that, which is all the clubs around the world that have CP. And we took our U.S. version of that, and we competed and beat Holland in the final 3-0 to be the, the inaugural World Club Champions at CP Soccer. And, uh, boy, were we proud of that. That was a great win for us. Again, tying it back to pride, it's Disability Pride Month here in the United States. And because of that, we are giving the United Soccer Coaches Disability Allies community at least one guest every week. When you hear disability pride, what does it mean to you from your heart, particularly as it relates to your journey with Shay and your journey with CP soccer and your journey with us soccer, Ash. That's a great question. And again, the level of support and opportunity by organizations like yours, which have such a wide reach, it's heartwarming. It makes us feel really special. It's, it's, it's appreciated because this didn't exist. You know, this is, this is new. I think a lot of this is new, this, this real get behind us and try to help us us soccer. I can't tell you, how appreciative we are. They are wonderful on every level. There's nowhere we haven't turned uh, either as individual organizations or as a group that we have not been supported by U.S. soccer. There's a very clear message from, from the very top down about diversity, equity, and inclusion of which, of course, disability is involved in that. That's, that's just, that just runs through the veins now at U.S. soccer. And so it's, it's, <laughs> it, it chokes me up because, you know, when, you know, 10 years ago, when we found out about Shea, there was nothing or nothing, nothing prominent. But now I think there's a lot of good work being done by people. So uh, uh, we love to keep it front and center, the, 
And there's some really, you know, we represent a lot, all disability athletes, not just CP kids. I want to make sure that's really clear. If you have a child that's deaf or partially deaf or sighted or partially sighted, if you have a kid who's got, you know, amputee or has limb difference, which is where you may have something missing, a limb missing, we got a place for them. We got a home for them. Come look for us. Come find us. Find me. I'll find you the right person to speak to. If you're in a wheelchair, hey, we got power soccer. Those guys and girls rock it. Uh, we got dwarfism. So we got dwarf soccer. Those that group is fantastic. We have Down syndrome soccer. We will find a home for you. So well said. As we celebrate Disability Pride Month across the United States and right here every week on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Lee Gaps every week of July, dedicated to the disability allies community. Ash, we're proud of you as well. Ashley Hammond, the president of SDA, but as he said, more importantly. CP Soccer. You can find that at cpsoccer.us. Ash Hammond, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for being a part of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Special thanks back to Kate and especially to yourself for a great interview. I really appreciate the questions. We are not done with great guests and great stories. When we return, you'll hear the story of David Blaze, as recommended by the CEO of United Soccer Coaches, Jeff Van Dusen. David Blaze on the bounce. This is Dean Linke, longtime college soccer play-by-play man, reminding all college soccer coaches to amplify your upcoming season with the United Soccer Coaches College Services Program. Register now for the 2022-23 season and gain access to valuable resources you can use all season long. From educational programming to general liability insurance, the list of member benefits is endless. Make sure your program gets the recognition they deserve through All-America, Scholar All-America, Staff of the Year, and Team Awards available for College Services members. Don't miss out. Early bird registration ends October 1st, so sign up today by going to unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Lee Gaps. We've got another jam-packed show with such impressive people. It's no different now as we are so pleased to be joined by David Blaze, who's Haitian-born, was raised in Guadalupe till the age of 14. He is a father and a husband, a servant in the community in Kansas City, Missouri. He loves soccer and he loves helping people from the Caribbean. We'll get more into that, but more importantly, David Blaze, it's an honor Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, well, here's the deal. Jeff Van Dusen the new CEO. I have admired Jeff and his rise to this job. I feel like he was made for it. And one of the things that Jeff does and knows is when there's a special person out there, we try to get them on. And Jeff spotlighted you. So just talk a little bit about your relationship with Jeff Van Dusen, and then we'll hear your story. I met Jeff when I joined the association, uh, I think probably back in 20, I've been a member since 2012, 2013. Jeff is, is just a great guy who's always making things happen. When Jeff called and he said, hey, I, I, I may need you for something, I make myself available because when I ask him for any sort of assistance, he's, he's always coming through. He's just a guy that has a great heart, you know, a good heart. And I couldn't be more excited for the, the, the position that he's, that he's now occupying. He's such a great leader. He's done everything. So he knows how to run the organization from the bottom to the top. I work with Spectrum as a soccer analyst. And last year, uh, when Jeff was uh, an assistant coach at I Forget the School, St. Thomas Aquinas, I think. St. Thomas Aquinas, yes. Yeah. I was myself and Leif 
were the the analysts on on uh, over the game, and I got a chance to you know talk to Jeff on the field, and it was pretty exciting. Well, I looked at your story on Facebook, and a couple things that po- well, so many things popped out, but one of it is you saying that you coach with love and passion. And you develop good human beings as well as good goalkeepers, which I know is one of your specialty. You are deeply religious, which I admire as well. So let's just open up, uh, you know, blank sheet, you know, David, just tell us your story and where you grew up and how you got here. And, and I know at one point you had this really cool nonprofit organization. And I just feel like you're always about giving of your time and of your heart. So David Blaze is a young man. Well, not so young now, (laughs) (laughs) but 43 years ago, I was born in Guadalupe of Haitian mother. I grew up in Guadalupe playing playing soccer at a very young age. I don't even remember when I when I started playing. That's that's how far back it goes. But I can remember ever since I can remember soccer has been a, a, a strong part of my life. So I grew up playing soccer. I was discovered by a guy named Mr. Gubb. And he took me to the to the team. Uh, it was the biggest, te- the bigger team in our city, called La Juventus. Uh, took me there, and I started playing for club organized. And I kind of rose to the occasion pretty quickly. I was a field player originally, and later on in my career, I ended up converting to goalkeeper. But majority of my career, I played as a left midfielder and left back. It was around 91, 92. Michel Platini and Marius Tesor. Marius Tesor is a former French soccer player who come from my city and who played at, at my club before he went on to, to sign professional in France. So he, he's always kept that relationship and he would bring the French national team who would play against our senior players and then us as kids, we would play against the younger French national players. Michel Platini came with Alain Gires, and they were interested in some players in my club, which I was one of them. My mother was asked if she would allow me to go to France to a school, and she said, nope, she's not letting her only son go all the way to France when she's going to America. Now, the funny thing about the American thing is Ever since I was younger, my mom would always say, hey, we're going to go, to, we're going to move to America, we're going to move to America, but it would never happen. So we never took her serious. But in 1992, she started packing and I was like, oh, you know, it's not, it's, we're just, it's not going to happen. True enough, August 15, 1993, my mother embarked at her three kids, myself, I have two sisters, a younger sister and an older sister. She took her children to America with $1,200 in her pocket and wow. moved to America. We landed in Florida. Then after that, we had the opportunity to either stay in Florida, go to New York, or come to Kansas City because we have family in all three states. And we have a cousin who who's passed away. She said that just to my mom that she comes to Kansas City. Would Kansas City would be a, a good state to raise raise a kid, you know, for a, a good start. Sure enough, we moved to Kansas City. Now, the only downside of moving to America in 1993, soccer was not what it is today that kind of destroyed my soccer career because when you were f- between 14 and 17, that's when you're supposed to get certain, a certain level of education in soccer. And I missed out on that. I went to a school, Southwest High School, who did not have a soccer team. We had a, a, an American football team. So when they found out that I was a soccer player, I was asked 
to be the kicker. And I became the kicker. And while playing, playing around a little bit, my coach noticed that I had some speed. So he asked me to receive a kickoff and to take it back the other way. And I, I did that. And so then I started learning the American football game. And I played American football for, for four years. At the end of, of my senior year, I gave up going to college to try out with the Kansas City Wizard under Ron Newman, who was the coach at the time. Uh, so I got to play with, with, with Trekkie, Digital, Chang, those guys, uh, which those were great, great guys. I, I got a, had a great experience with them. They really took me under their wings and taught me some things, you know. But unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't get the the opportunity to sign a, a professional contract. I ended up going back to just playing soccer, local soccer. Then I got the opportunity to join a Liberian team, who took me to Minnesota when I met George Weah. Got to play against George Weah a couple of times. Uh, got to meet him. You know, it was pretty exciting. So soccer has been a very important part of my life. I'm just really passionate about soccer. Soccer does something for me that most people probably wouldn't understand. But there's a, a strong connection, you know, between soccer and I to where there's something that I could never be a, a separated from. Only thing that I believe that's going to separate us is it's going to be death. Through soccer, I learned that I can use soccer as a vehicle to help young men and women because through sports, we learn so many life lessons. The sports itself has taught me a lot through, through life. So once I decided, I gave up playing soccer at a late age. I was called up to the Guadalupean national team at 33. I mean, that's not old for a goalkeeper, but you know, in, in my case, a goalkeeper who hadn't played pro got the opportunity to get called up at 33. Uh, I was we were I was supposed to be part of the team that would would have played in the 2013 Gold Cup. Unfortunately, Martinique ended up beating us and we didn't they came to the Gold Cup and we didn't. Once I decided to get into coaching, I understood what my calling was. When you were young, you're always asked what you want to do. For me, I've always wanted to be a professional soccer player. That was my dream to be a professional soccer player. And I chased that dream, like I said, till I was pretty late. It's finally around 34. I said, you know, I'm tired of the heartbreaks. Time to get into coaching. And through coaching, that's when I found out that, you know, that's, that's what God had for me, mm. to use soccer as a vehicle to, to help young men and women. From that point, I merged the two together. Uh, I'm a strong believer. And I'm here today because it's nothing but but God's grace. I shouldn't be here, but by God's grace, I, I'm here. So I try to give back to the community by helping players. And my thing as a coach is to not develop great soccer players first. No, I want to develop great human beings who happen to be great soccer players because I'm sure you've seen we have some great talents, whatever sport it is, but some of, some of those people are not great people. They're just talented at their sport, mm. but as people themselves, they're, they're not good, you know? So it is important for me to develop young men and women who will be great contributors to society and having the ability to play soccer. So going to Haiti, tying this to Haiti, I have a friend that I met at the convention, and this is how great 
the United Soccer Co Coaches Convention is. For people who are not connected, they're into soccer, they should. In 2018, in Philly, I met a coach named Angelo Jean-Baptiste. He's from Haiti, but he lives in Canada. And we connected and we've been talking ever since. We've been in communication ever since. And he's pushed me to, to further my education and coaching. So I have all of my diplomas with the United Soccer Coaches up to all my goalkeeping diplomas. And Angelo pushed me to go to UEFA and get some coaching uh, license there. So I've done that. And not too long ago, I get a call. He said, hey, I want to see your face. Go to FaceTime. So I'm like, okay. So I go to FaceTime. He said, hey, I need you. We need to go to Honduras. I'm like, what's in Honduras? Haiti just gave me the head coaching job for the U20. And I need you as my goalkeeper coach. I need you to go with me for a month. I was like, whoa, a month? Yeah. You know, yeah. I have a full-time job. So I didn't know uh, if I could do it. I spoke with my boss. Initially, it was a no, but I prayed about it. And the very next day, the, the no changed to a yes. So I got to, I got to go down uh, to the Dominican Republic. That's where I met the team. Then we traveled to, a, to, a, to Honduras for the World Cup qualifiers. The situation was really bad because initially it, Haiti was not going to send a U-20 team. But I believe either, it was either FIFA or CONCACAF that said, no, you guys cannot forfeit. You have to send a team. So we didn't have really time to, to prepare like other teams. We only played one friendly game against the Dominican Republic. Then we flew to Honduras. So we played against Trinidad and Tobago first. We ended up tying 4-4. And we tied at the very last minute of regulation. And we played Suriname. We beat Suriname, I believe, 3-0. Then we had to play Mexico. And that was a big opponent. We tied 0-0 with Mexico, which put us through the second round. And unfortunately, we lost to Jamaica in the second round. But the experience was such a great experience to be on the national team staff. You know, first, that was a dream of mine. And, you know, to be there at that level, it, it was just, man, it, it, it just, it gives me chills just talking about it, you know. It's a big stage, even though it's U20, it's, it's a big stage. And, and I believe it's that opportunity opened up doors for bigger things to come because, you know, Haiti needs a lot of help, not only in football, but, you know, I, I, I'm sure, you know, most people hear about what's going on in Haiti. We don't have a president right now. It's a lot of insecurities. The youth is, is at loss right now. Soccer is, is an avenue for most players to get out of Haiti. Mm. And that is something I've committed myself to, to try and find ways to get Haitian players to come to the United States, to go to France, to go to Europe, uh, but mainly the United States, because I, I like in America, if you, can, if you can make it to America, you can succeed. This is the land of, of opportunity, even though we have many barriers, but this is the one country on earth where if you put your mind to it, you can you can achieve it. Look, you you're talking to a, a boy that was born in Guadeloupe of a Haitian mother, single mother, who, who came to this country with twelve hundred dollars, twelve hundred dollars, and made a life for herself, raised her kids, now has grandkids. So America is 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 that place where I want Haitian players to come to 
to to to have an opportunity to showcase their talent. I like the fact that you said you prayed on it, even when your mom said you were moving over here and then all these incredible things happened where you were playing American football and then the Wizards came. And I remember all those players you were talking about, including Digital and Chungi and Preki and, uh, you know, that, so that was fantastic. But in many ways, David, you have used your platform with soccer as kind of a mini ministry, right? Helping kids in Haiti, helping inner city kids, making a difference. That's kind of who you are, right? Yes, yes. You know, my mother, she tells me that she wanted me to be either a doctor or a preacher. And I say, hey, mom, I don't know about that preaching thing. That's uh, that's on, the, on another level, you know. But essentially, I'm a coach preacher and the soccer field is my pulpit. There you go. I like you it. Know? I'm glad. Yeah. And I'm glad you're on that on that pulpit, because when you're on that pulpit, you also say great things about United soccer coaches. What is it that you love so much about the association, David? The way that you can make so many connections, but it's an association. It's like a family. It feels like a family. You know, uh, you can act, you, you have access to the higher ranking officials of, of, of the United Soccer Coaches. You know, it's not difficult if I want to, to, to reach Jeff and, you know, send an email. And the education part, that's the biggest thing. So when I did my, my diplomas, the, the education, it's so, it's friendly. You know, it's easy. If you have soccer knowledge, it's easy to get your diplomas. And it was affordable as well. That's that's the big thing because and I'm not down in the USSF at all, but the USSF licenses are super expensive. You have to make sacrifices to 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 get your your licenses where the United Soccer Coaches is it's affordable. It's it's not a long drawn out process. I love the conventions. I when I go to the convention I come back with so many different cards, making different connections. You know, you, you meet people that you normally wouldn't, wouldn't meet. And that's, that's what I love about uh, the association. We're here with David Blaze. Again, check out his message on Facebook where he ends with the following comments. As you just heard his story, he says, and these are his words. Finally, I want to thank the best mother on earth, my mother for bringing me up the right way for sacrificing herself for her children. You heard that story for never giving up when things were difficult. You heard that story for teaching us what it means to be the children of God, which he clearly is. I would not be here without my mother. I also want to thank my wife and children for supporting me, all those who support me too. Of course, I must thank my Lord and Savior for everything. As we wrap up our time with you, David Blaze, as a man of color, I feel like the Black soccer coaches community, Nicole Hercules, now involved. Mike Curry is such an influential person with United Soccer Coaches as well. I really would like to get some advice from you for younger coaches of color to stick with it, to get involved with the Black soccer coaches community. Can you give some advice as we wrap up our time, David Blaze, on what has been an amazing interview as I have really enjoyed your story. My advice is to to never give up. There are, there are a lot of barriers that we, we, we need to break. I don't know a lot, but the little bit that I do know, I don't mind sharing it with those that, that are coming along. So we just need to stick to it. You know, if you're passionate about soccer, you're passionate about people and coaching, 
joined the, the United Soccer Coaches Association. You mentioned the black the the black coaches group. Joined the group. You know, Mike Curry is a great guy. We're having a conversation about finding a way to bring Haitian players and Caribbean players to the United States. You know, Justin Reed, I forget the name of his organization, is a great connection. You know, you mentioned Nicole Hercules. There's a lot of great people who together we can make things happen. And someday we, we, we want that equality, okay? We, we want because black coaches are knowledgeable as well. You know, we're, so yeah. we just, we need, we need to work together because the earth belongs to all of us. All of us, baby. And that's what uh, United Soccer Coaches is all about. Jeff Van Dusen said this was going to be great with David Blaze, who walks with the Lord and has made a difference and talks about all the sacrifices his mom has made as well. David, I mentioned this article on Facebook. How can people follow your story? Is it Facebook? Are you on social media? Where can they learn more about you, sir? So I'm on Facebook. My Facebook page is David Blaze. Uh, I think it's David Mr. Soccer Blaze. People can definitely follow my story. I'm accessible to people. If people need need some help in terms of goalkeeping, uh, however I can help, people can inbox me and and reach and reach me. I try to help. I that's that's just what it's about: helping others, share, giving, passing along the knowledge that I have, that I that I uh, accumulate along the years, passing it along to others. I love it, David, knowing all you've overcome and the sacrifices that your mom made, she made it happen. And now the work that you're doing to help these young Haitian players. And as I mentioned, even the inner city kids around where you work in Kansas City, you are good people, my man. Thank you so much for being on this week's edition of United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Again, check them out, David Blaze on Facebook. What's that site again? Say that uh, one more time, what it's called. David, Mr. Soccer Blaze. David, Mr. Soccer Blaze, and it's spelled B-L-A-I-S-E, David Blaze. Yeah, Blazing Trails. Thank you so much, David. Thank you for having me. Have a good day. God bless you. And God bless you. And we end our show by meeting another member of our 30 Under 30 class. He works for the Columbus crew, Daniel Solozzi, coming up next. Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team, club, or league is busy work? If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love, delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform. From robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations, League Apps saves you time and headaches. Less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to LeagueApps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. United Soccer Coaches' advanced diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your players' development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Lee Gaps. My favorite part of the show is we get to meet another outstanding member of our 30 under 30 class. For this one, it hits home because Daniel Salazi is from my alma mater, Ohio University. He's with the Columbus Crew. And of course, I'm from Ohio and a big fan of Columbus Crew. He's an academy coach there. And Daniel joins me now. Daniel, great to be with you. Great to be with you as well, Dean. Thank you. 
Yeah, you're a Bobcat and you just recently graduated. Talk about your decision to attend Ohio U and how much you enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm a Columbus kid, born and raised, and always had an interest in soccer and also coaching. And Ohio University, one, being a local state school, and then also being a great school for coaching education and sport management. Uh, so ultimately decided to go pursue my undergraduate degree in sport management, which is more on the business side, but then also coupled that with a minor in coaching education and had great experience there. Uh, phenomenal people uh, and amplifies the Midwest values that all of the Midwest has. Yeah, that's so well said. And I got to believe down the road, you'll probably consider getting your master's, which is also at Ohio University in coaching education. Is that a fair assessment? It's something that I'm considering uh, right now. I want to get more boots on field time just because I think the, the true value in that master's program with it being so theoretical is when you're able to apply your own individual context. So I want to make sure that I have enough of that before I consider going back to that program. That certainly makes sense to me. So tell me where you grew up in Ohio, what position you played and you know, what made you want to get into coaching? Yeah, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, a suburb called Upper Arlington, and then went to Bishop Watterson High School. And as a player, it was just growing up, going to local schools, and then also uh, playing in a local club team uh, with Santos, now FC Columbus. While I was there, played mainly as a defender or defensive midfielder, uh, and really not that good of a player, but really enjoyed the game. And then when I was 15, started doing a service project and knew I had an interest in coaching at that point just because I wanted to stay around the game ultimately decided to do some volunteer work as a 15 year old that quickly turned into some some paid gigs and then realized around 17 that I wanted to make that a career so in 1996 I called a game I was the original voice of the Colorado Rapids I called a game at Ohio Stadium a place I grew up going to because a guy who married into my mom's side of the family block for Archie Griffin. You may not even know who Archie Griffin is because you're so young, but I think you do. So the Columbus crew start in 1996. I don't even know if you were born yet then as well, but when did you realize it was pretty cool having a pro soccer team where you grew up? Gosh, it would be when I was driving this high school and really I started going to games before that, but uh, I think in high school is when I realized how fortunate I was to be in a city that had a professional team. Uh, just because as I would be driving to high school, I would see the the historic Crew Stadium lights uh, as I was driving on the freeway. And so it would be a really cool experience. And one, being a soccer fan, two, being around the, the club that I loved and grew up with, to be able to see it every time that I was driving to school uh, sometimes gave me chills driving in, in the morning. And what do you remember about the Save the Crew mission just a few years ago? Because not only did it work, they would go on to win the MLS Cup, and now you're even in a better stadium and a better location and even more incredible. Save the Crew is the embodiment of what the Columbus crew aspires to be. With, with the incredible and collective effort of the fans to come up and face adversity, uh, Columbus is a smaller market team relative to other MLS clubs and has its own challenges that we have to face, especially at an academy level, which I've been experiencing over the past year and a half. To be able to draw upon the Save the Crew movement and how uh, a smaller group of ragtag individuals got together and pulled the community together was phenomenal uh, and something that we draw inspiration from as a club internally uh, on a daily basis. 
I think based on your timeline, when they most recently won the MLS Cup under Coach Porter, who's got such great ties to Ohio, of course, started Indiana, but did great work at Akron. So to have him back in Columbus is amazing. So what do you remember about that MLS Cup title? Were you in Athens or were you able to go to the game? Did you watch the game? Tell us what you remember about that. I wasn't able to make it to the final, but I went to the, the Eastern Conference final. Uh, so I was watching the, the final from Athens. Uh, knowing that I was starting my job with the academy in the next couple of months. So I was, uh, had a new sense of identity with the club and was remarkably proud to, and emotional watching the manifestation of and a beautiful moment for the historic Crusadium and also the work of Save the Crew to be able to keep the team in Columbus beyond what people thought uh, and then to have tremendous on-field success in a year that also had its own challenges and adversity with COVID. Uh, so that was a, a really beautiful moment that uh, is fun to reflect on as I was excited to be embarking on a new chapter with, with my hometown club. While I was in my junior year at OU, uh, I was looking for other opportunities. I was coaching at a high school uh, locally while I was in Athens. And then when uh, I got an email one day asking if I was interested in an assistant coach position, so I uh, jumped on that call. And uh, fortunately, a couple weeks later, I was uh, – offered the position and it, it's been a great move. And the first year was commuting back and forth between Athens and Columbus. And then this past December, once I graduated, moved full-time to Columbus and uh, I've been making the most of the opportunity. So what age group are you coaching within the academy system with Columbus Crew? Right now I'm an assistant coach for our U14s and our U17s. And then I'm also uh, leading a lot of the pre-academy programming, which is a once a week supplemental program. Uh, that's free to play for some of the top local and regional talent from U11 to U13. And when did you find out about United Soccer Coaches? And I'll back that up with a secondary question. When did you find out about this exclusive 30 under 30 club? Uh, so I found out about United Soccer Coaches probably when I was just starting coaching because I was asking a lot of people, sending out random LinkedIn messages and emails. How do I get into this? How do I get started? What credentials do I need? And they all talked about U.S. soccer and United soccer coaches being the, the two routes to go down. And so I started following both pathways and have been completing U.S. soccer licenses and then also uh, United soccer coaches. And my first experience really uh, hearing about the network that existed was my high school coach at the time went to the convention and knew that I was interested in coaching and said, you have to go see this. Uh, so the following year, in 2019, I went to my first convention, and that's where I discovered the 30 under 30, and then it was just a, a matter of finding the right moment to apply. Uh, so I applied. This was my second application, and I uh, was really privileged and honored to be able to, to receive that position. In the when group. you got word that you were in, who were the first people you called or notified? Yeah, so I was having lunch at our at our office, and so I was talking to uh, our U17 and our U15 coach, and uh, our U15 coach, Evan Foose, was actually one of the first uh, classes of 30 under 30. So was talking to him about what the program was like, and he encouraged me to uh, go ahead and do it. And so that answered any questions that I may have had. So decided to go ahead. All right. Awesome. Well, congratulations on being a, a member. I'm going to ask you about two people and what you've gleaned from them, even from a distance, because I don't know how close you get to Coach Porter. But when you think about Coach Porter, you know, one of the all time great coaches in this country that this country has produced and one of the all time great players. He was so good at Indiana and in MLS. What have you gleaned from him? We're fortunate in our new facility to be able to oversee whatever training is happening. 
Uh, so as an academy staff, we'll, we'll watch first team training and be able to uh, pick up certain things. And I think the main word that I would use to describe Caleb would be presence. When he's leading a training session, it's clear that working with athletes that are uh, big names in their game, that you need to have a really clear presence. And the players respect him, the staff respects him, and being able to, to witness him on the field as he uh, has a stopwatch and whistle in hand ready to uh, make a coaching point and draw everyone's attention. Uh, he's very active and you can feel his presence, whether it's on the field or as he walks through the office. One other person I want to ask you about, because as you know, coaches need great players to be successful. And when they won the MLS cup, a player that had to step in was a rookie. He barely played. He then suffered an ACL injury. But for me, Aiden Morris was the star among stars in that game. Hopefully he's working his way back into form. When you see Aiden Morris and what he's met as a youngster, what does he you know, do for you as a coach? Aiden's a phenomenal person and one that we're really proud of as an academy, one as a player, but also he represents the, the values uh, that, we re that we respect and hold dear uh, as a club. And so when one of our big things is you say hello to everyone, you say goodbye to everyone, uh, it's about putting people first. And Aiden represents that and lives that every day. You see him come into the cafeteria and he's saying hello to every person in there. Uh, and one that we're really proud of on and off the field. And he also is a great example for uh, of humility to all of our current academy players as he comes to academy training sometimes, uh, especially as he was recovering, he, he hopped in training and uh, showed that he was gonna take it just as seriously no matter what the situation is. Uh, he's a great example for all of the players and even staff to look up for in terms of humility. Cause like you said, he was a superstar of our MLS cup championship in 2020. Overall, I see you in that really cool black and yellow, black and gold Columbus crew top. What does it mean to be able to put that on every day and represent this incredible organization? Gosh, it, it's an honor to be able to, to represent my hometown club uh, and one that I don't take lightly uh, because it, to be able to go and represent on a national stage, even though it's the, the academy, uh, we still have national competition. We want to make sure that we show what the Columbus crew is and that we show what Columbus is all about. Um, and that's having those friendly Midwestern values, but also being humble and willing to do the hard work. Uh, so for me, anytime there's a chance to, to help someone else, you go do it. Whether it's a task that you want to have done or not, just put your head down and do the work. I really like your story as somebody that, you know, wasn't a big time player, but knew that he wanted to coach and help develop future soccer players and winning teams. I, I really dig that, which kind of leads me to a question I ask all the 30 under 30 members. And I call it, Daniel, my third crystal ball question. You're so young. You already have this really cool job. But, you know, what do you think you're going to be doing 10, 15 years from now? 10, 15 years is a, a long time to predict into the future. Uh, I'm certainly interested in coaching in the professional game and eventually being a head coach as well. Uh, what that timeline looks like 15 years may be a little bit short, uh, but we'll, we'll see what I can do. I know the next five years or my goal when I was coming into the Academy was to spend a full cycle here. Uh, and for me, that's five years. So you can see the U14s graduate up into being U19s. Uh, so I'd like to be able to be, uh, uh, in the Academy and work on this project to make sure that we, 
uh, have a really exciting project and I want to make sure that we see it through. Daniel Salazi, I like your story. I kind of want to follow you. And I think maybe our listeners might want to follow you, particularly those that think you have to be this big time player to end up at a big time job. Can people follow you on Twitter or Instagram or anywhere, Daniel? Yeah, my my Twitter handle is at Daniel underscore SZL. Uh, so if you wanted to follow me on Twitter, you could follow me there. All right. Well done. Congratulations on being a member of the 30 under 30 class and good luck in what is sure to be a great future. And by the way, go Bobcats. Love that you're an Ohio man as well. Love that you're from my home state as well. And congratulations on all your success. Thanks, Dean. Go Bobcats and go crew. And go crew. Well said. Also want to thank Bailey Conklin, Brandon Milburn, Erica Dyer, Jeff Van Dusen, and all the great people at United Soccer Coaches. Our producer is Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them and all of you, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Lee Gaps. Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Lee Gaps. Lee Gaps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about Lee Gaps, find them at leagueapps.com or as Lee Gaps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.